Today's guest is Eddie Hinkle. He's the engineering manager at Glassdoor, which many, many tech people have heard of. And he's the host of the WebJoy podcast, which you've all now heard of. And Eddie has this goal of helping spread joy and empathy in the tech industry. He enjoys mentoring those who are wanting to get into tech, which I'm totally behind you, Eddie. That's a great thing to want to do. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on, Jeremy. It's uh, exciting to be here. And yeah, I feel honored. So for those who've not met you, talk a bit about your background, who you are, uh, where you're from, and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I it's interesting. I started to go to, to college for software engineering. Um, didn't feel like I was really learning everything I could. I was kind of working on the side, um, building websites. And I realized I was learning more in kind of my side jobs than I was in college. So I actually am a college dropout. Um, been working on, on finishing that degree, but, uh, yeah, kind of college dropout worked with some startups in Hawaii, um, to kind of get started. Uh, you know, they paid as much as you would expect, a startup in Hawaii too, which was absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, some lunches here and there, uh, but it was really interesting experience. Um, I was the only technical person. So got to learn lots of fun stuff. And eventually that experience helped me connect to an actual like nine to five job in tech. Um, and I've gone from, you know, kind of being a full stack engineer to a front end engineer to now, yeah, being an engineering manager, um, over front end teams, and I've uh, done that at two companies now. And yeah, as you said, currently at Glassdoor, uh, feeling blessed to be there. Um, it's a company I always respected uh, before I got the opportunity. So it's been, uh, yeah, been really exciting. I just started there a year and a half ago. So it's still pretty new, but uh, it's something I'm really enjoying. Oh, wow. So you've joined the crowd of people who've changed where you work during COVID. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Part yes. of the great migration. It's it's such a great new interesting experience as well. So let's roll it back a little bit. So um how, how did you even decide to go to college even 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 though you left it? Why did you go for that program? What what was the motivation behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So I've always known that I was into computers. I mean, I was 12 years old. Um I was in the Midwest and um, part of the 4-H club, which those who are in the Midwest know about it. Those who aren't, it's, you know, kind of a, a high school, school thing about teaching people, you know, a lot of farm stuff. I didn't do as much of the farm stuff, but a lot of different interests. And one of the things you could do was learn how to build a computer. So they had this little book and you built a computer and took it to your county fair um, and so I chose to do that. And so I built my own computer, um, putting pieces together at 12 years old, um, really just kind of continued to spark my interest in tech. And uh, from then on out, I started to do less and less with hardware, but I used that computer I built to build websites from exporting Microsoft Publisher to an HTML file, which was horrendous, um, to starting to put my own handcrafted HTML and eventually CSS together um, until I got to the point I realized I need this thing to have intelligence and I couldn't just make static pages and learned how to code. And um, beyond that, I was like, well, I'd like to do this as a full-time job if possible. And so that is kind of what led to, well, I'm going to college. I might as well go to college for computers. Yeah, that's very interesting. And 
And now did you get that first? And now I know I realize you said the startup jobs didn't really pay much. So that should be the first cue that maybe they didn't care as much about your background in education. But did you need to prove something to get that first role? Or were you in college still? And so they were like, oh, you're in college. So we'll take you. Yeah. So actually, I met all the people who were doing startups um, at the college, at okay. the university. They were in the business school. I was in the computer you know, school. Um, but yeah, we met up in various classes. The first guy I met, um, we were actually in a journalism class together. Um, so we had different majors, but we both had this shared you know, class. And when he learned, I knew how to program. He was like, Oh, I'd love to, you know, pick your brain about stuff. And yeah, I kind of led down a pathway. Um, so yeah. And then the other one, I think actually might've put an advertisement in like the school paper that oh, they were looking for someone. And I thought, well, that sounds really cool. And they're here at the, at the college with me. Um, so yeah, the college was actually the connection for those. So honestly, I probably never would have ended up in the startups if I hadn't gone to the college in the first place. Right. That's very interesting. And then how did that roll into your first, you know, what you ca called your real nine to five coding job? Was it the experience on those startups that really, you know, made them interested in you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had done a lot of freelancing on my own, um, as well as working with those startups. And so I, you know, starting my first nine to five job, my resume, when you looked at it actually had years, like four or five years of experience. And so I came in not even at a junior level, but at a mid engineer level, um, because of the resume, you know, experience on my resume. And it was interesting because I hadn't done anything like what I ended up having to do at the job. Like I got in there and I was like, all right, I got to figure this all out. Um, but yeah, I really leaned on that. And I think one of the biggest things was they had only had one person who was in my role before me that they had left and they had just started, but they hadn't gotten much work done. So this was kind of a whole new thing. Um, it was at U.S. Agency for International Development. Um, it was in a very small subgroup of that big U.S. government agency. Um, and they were starting to do web mapping stuff. And they needed, you know, it was something they'd never done before. They had just done paper mapping. So they needed someone who could think differently, who could, you know, take things. And so I think one of the things that really appealed to them, what they told me was my resume showed right that i had done these startups that i had done a lot of freelance i could take a project that was nothing and turn it into something and that was really what they were looking for right they weren't looking for someone who had worked on a big project and you know um, spent several years on it they were looking for a startup minded person and uh so that's one thing that i always like kind of share with people who are trying to get started is look at your experience look at your resume figure out how it can be to your advantage, right? Mine was a bunch of random stuff. Like I hadn't been at, you know, any job for more than a year tech related. Um, and yet that became my strength, right? So uh, it's a feature, not a bug. That's right. That's right. So then, so then when you made a transition from that role to your next one, what was the deci deciding factor for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a big thing for me was I was looking for a remote only job. Um, I had been teleworking at, you know, USAID and I started to telework more and more and more to the point that I was only going in one day a week, um, but we were still calling it teleworking, but I had an amazing boss and it was a long commute. I mean, I'm talking about two hours in two hours home. So it was, it was gracious of them, but um, 
so that was a, a really big thing. And besides that, I wanted to be part of a modern company. I wasn't using a lot of modern technology at USAID, um, as you don't at government systems most of the time. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I was looking for a company that could do new, cool, modern stuff applied to a bunch of different places. Um, but yeah, I found this exciting company that was really design focused. It was a design agency, right? They work with different contractors and that kind of leaned into my freelance background. Um, but I hadn't gotten to work with like product designers before. And so that was a big thing I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be able to build good front end code and let the designers tell me what it should look like. And, um, that was definitely a key thing that I found there. And it really changed the way I looked at product design and, and that, you know, UX and all that stuff. Yeah, that's a big that's a big transition, right? To realizing uh, there are specialties, and maybe uh, my specialty is not UX design. Maybe I need a UX designer to come alongside <laughs> yep. me and say what they want, and then dang, I can yeah, I can build that, right? Um, exactly. So, what brought you to Glassdoor? Yeah, so um, it was funny. I was at a company, and I was unhappy with my pay. And I actually leaned on Glassdoor to find out what I was worth. Like, okay, what should I be making in this job? And uh, needless to say, me bringing the Glassdoor figures to my boss did not work the way I hoped. Um, and so then I was looking for for a job. What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And um, applied to a bunch of places. Um, and it was funny because when I applied to Glassdoor, I didn't think about the fact that Glassdoor had been the company I had just been using to like, you know, compare and show salaries to my boss. It was just like, okay, another, another company that I really respect in this list. And, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. They actually didn't do remote work until 2020, uh, when COVID hit. And so I feel blessed that that opportunity, right. in in spite of all the bad things that have happened in 2020 and, you know, that we've all experienced since, um, there's those small little lights that, you know, make life a little bit better. And uh, that was one thing that I was really appreciative of, that I had this opportunity to work at Glassdoor. I've always imagined working for, a, you know, standard, like, well-known tech company based in San Francisco and <laughs> and all that stuff. So um, it was really exciting. And I'm really passionate about the mission of Glassdoor, right, is to help people find jobs and companies that love that they love and that love them back. And um, I think that's so true. I didn't feel like the company I was at loved me back. And mm -hmm. the experiences I've had at Glassdoor, like they totally, um, they take care of their employees. And it just shows in like, like any company, they make decisions, and then they listen to employees when they give feedback and then suddenly they change their mind or that, you know, they introduce something new and you're like, wait, this is in direct response to what all of us employees were saying that like they listened to us, they cared and they truly valued our opinions. And um, so it's just been a, a huge blessing. That's awesome. So then along the way, you, you started a podcast, WebJoy. Talk about that. What, what uh, was the kind of uh, idea that spawned the podcast? Yeah. The thing that really got to me was I was on Twitter, as one does, doom scrolling. And as you're doom scrolling, you're realizing, man, like, here's this group hating on this tech and this group hating on this tech. And 
you know, we can't just cuddle together as a nice, warm tech family and appreciate that, like, there are differences and some people enjoy certain tech and other people enjoy other tech. You know what I mean? Like it was always this, like my tech is better than your tech. And I thought there's so much negativity in the world uh, on Twitter and like, this isn't helping anything. And so I thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was a place where people could just celebrate what they love. Right. And that like people could understand what they love, why they love it. And that they could for that moment, enjoy that thing with them. So that was kind of the initial idea. Um, And so, yeah, I was like, oh, the web and we have joy. Like, what is that joy in the web? And um, and really the other thing was I really wanted to share the diversity of experiences and backgrounds in tech. And um, of course, that means, you know, culturally and all that kind of stuff, but also... Like, oftentimes in tech, you think of designers and engineers, and like, that's it. And so one goal I've had is to involve sales and GTM and founders and CEOs and um, just kind of uh, recruiters, right? Find everyone who's actually helping the tech industry be the tech industry and include them in this so that, um you know, in my job as an engineering manager, I deal a lot with cross-functional collaboration, right? It's like engineers can't just work in the engineering bubble. And so my goal is for the podcast to really help, you know, everyone understand their other cross-functional partners better. Um, so, yeah. It's a great idea. I, I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm with you, right? The doom scrolling, it's known for doom scrolling. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, most social media has got that, got that challenge. Um, but the web joy, I like, I like the title. I like what it implies and, uh, and I have listened to it and it does, it does the job. It does what you're talking about. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you. So, so as you've traveled through your, your career, um, what's something you may have seen that you wish we would do differently? So if we came to you today and said, you know, um, Eddie, you get to make us consider changing something. What might that be for you? Yeah, I I think the biggest thing in tech is how broken hiring is. I mean, you see people talking about it everywhere. Um, And I'm not going to pretend like I have the answer, right? Like the whole industry is broken, but I have the answer of what we should do. Um, But, you know, it's it's broken regardless of if you're an engineer, whether you're a designer, right? Like lead designers have to sit there and like, do you know projects to show how they can think design wise and it's like mm, someone doesn't become a lead designer if they can't design a good app like <laughs> they get fired that's what happens you know what i mean so um yeah i think you know i really think we just have to revisit what does it mean to hire someone what does it mean to find people um who work well right? Who embrace the vision of the company. Um, but also like at the same time, it's a tricky balance because you could say, oh, like, let's just, you know, let's just have like the engineering manager have a conversation with, you know, each candidate and just see how they hit it off and then like hire them or not. But then like all sorts of biases enter into that. Right. So it's finding this balance between how do you truly understand 
right? If someone is the right fit for a company and yet also ensure that you are helping balance out biases, right? Um, I think one of the biggest things, uh, and actually Glassdoor does this and I, I'm really appreciative of it because at my last company, I had to kind of do this manually. Um, but that is to like, make sure that all different kinds of people are going into the funnel, right? So if you, if you want to make sure you're hiring, you know, people of diverse backgrounds, you can't have that be part of your actual interview process uh, because then you're biasing it the opposite way, right? You are affecting people, um, you know, that are standardly represented rather than those who are standardly oppressed. And so you really just have to focus and say, okay, am I recruiting from, you know, areas where I know people of different backgrounds exist that don't match my normal employee employee base, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what makeup your employee base is, right? Maybe it's people of all different cultures, but it's very male dominated or, you know, you have in engineering, like you have a problem of it tending to be, you know, like me, right? Like yeah. white male. Um, whereas in oftentimes like designers can oftentimes be the opposite, right? They will be like typically female or things like that. And so um, just looking and saying, what categories of people do we hire? And like, let's make sure we're recruiting people who don't fit that mold. Um because obviously the people who look like your team, they can find your job listings fine. You don't need to go recruit them. They've got you. you know? So uh, yeah, so not to turn the whole episode into how to change hiring, but um, I think I think it needs to be rethought. I think particularly startups that have the flexibility should really experiment. I think the tricky thing is, Big companies have too many processes. We need someone to experiment with hiring and find the right way to hire. And I think that falls on the startups that have the flexibility to say, let's try something new. Let's try something different um, and explore that, find that out. And then that way, the bigger companies can learn something from you all in the startups. So uh, yeah, if you're in a startup, uh, try to try to experiment with hiring, Find, find a new, a better way. And uh, we would like to to use that stuff in the larger companies. Yeah, it's very interesting. And to your earlier point, right, of um, more flexibility and, and remote work, but you were seeking yourself, that also opens our candidate pool immensely, right? I mean, if you're in the yeah. Midwest someplace, uh, if I don't know if you've visited the Midwest anytime recently, there, there's not a lot of diversity in many places. And so that's true. opening up and doing and bringing in the concept of remote work can help improve that candidate pool. Yeah, absolutely. People are no longer, right, required to, you know, a lot of people, right, especially who are moving in from other countries who are immigrants to America, they go around the tech hubs because that's where the good paying tech jobs are. Um, as tech jobs are willing to, you know, pay you wherever you are, that creates the opportunity for people to move anywhere in the country and still be working for these really amazing companies. Yeah, well, I agree with you. The chain, there is a lot of brokenness, and you're right. We could spend an hour or more on that topic and, <laughs> yeah. and never solve it, right? Because uh, certainly our uh, uh, AI is not going to fix it for us. Because once again, bias gets introduced into that. So that's and that's another thing. 
What's uh, what's coming up for you? Uh, how uh, you know any big plans with the podcast or any si- other side projects you got planned in the new year? Yeah, so um, yeah, I'd say in in the next year, um, definitely podcast. We are actually working on wrapping up season one. I've actually recorded all but one episode of season one. I have the the final um, episode scheduled. I think I'm recording it i think i pushed it back to january um because december is pretty busy um but i'm pretty excited uh i'm actually going to be interviewing um for the final episode um kelly vaughn from the ladybugs podcast Uh so she is going to be joining so that is fun um so that you know, is going to kind of be our, our grand finale. Shh, don't tell anyone it's a secret. Haven't told that anywhere else. So uh, yeah, <laughs> all your listeners get the scoop. Uh, um, but yeah, besides that, um, yeah, starting into season two. And at this point, I'm starting to like book guests for that and think through what do I want to keep from season one? What do I want to change from season one to season two? Um, so just kind of thinking through noodling on that, why, what's been working, what could be improved and and that fun stuff. Um, yeah. And besides that, um, you know, in trying to help new people into tech, um, I actually am working on a, uh, online course, uh, just a cohort course where like a handful of people who are new to tech can like join me and talk through what does it mean to think through, uh, think like a developer and mm. kind of, work through those skills and stuff. So, um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited to be working on that. I like tweeted out some, some questions and some thoughts and like got some feedback from people. So I was excited to see like the direction I was thinking kind of validated some of those ideas about what people are struggling with who are new to tech and, um, even got some feedback from stuff I didn't think about. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I should include that. Um, one was debugging. And I was like, I don't know why I didn't think to include <laughs> debugging in that. So I was like, awesome. Yeah, like we'll, we'll talk about debugging. So um, yeah, so that's going to be happening uh, early next year. And uh, yeah, besides that, um, yeah, just continuing to to work at Glassdoor. My, uh, I'm on a team that kind of just recently got created at this point. And so we're we're working a bunch of new, new fun stuff. Um, We've got some exciting uh, branding updates and stuff coming to Glassdoor. That's about all I can say. Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to be exciting uh, at Glassdoor over the next six months. So I get to be involved in a lot of that stuff. So yeah, exciting stuff all around, really. That's awesome. Well, I'm ex- very excited for you, Eddie. I'm Like I said, I'm very much enjoying the podcast. Looking forward to uh, hearing the end of season one and seeing what you have for, for us in season two. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jeremy.